0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message.
1: Look over here at Matthew 21, verse 1. Happy Palm Sunday. Okay. We're in, how many know it's Palm Sunday, glory to God? And, and you know, it's funny when I get, I was like, well, what does Palm Sunday mean for us today? You know, I'm gonna explain to you the history just real quick. And then what does it mean for me? I'm a real practical, like, I'm probably the worst topical preacher walking the face of the earth. It's like, they lock me in with like, oh, you know, they didn't do it. But I was like, okay, I probably should explain Palm Sunday. And I'm thinking, my God, I wanna talk about words and faith in That series we're in, but I'm gonna tie it all together. What does Palm Sunday? It means something. What does it mean for today? Amen. Does that make sense? What do I? What do I glean? You know. And I, I'm telling you, man, I, I love you guys. You say you don't know me, how you love me. I'm lo- I'm loving people at a capacity where, man, I'm messed up. Is that okay? Because I want you to get there, man. Like, I, yesterday, you know, yesterday, where was I yesterday? Yesterday, I was walking around, and I seen a bunch of people. I seen them at the event. All day long, I started seeing people. And I was like, man, I just want these people to get to their destiny. I don't know, you know, sometimes it's, I don't know. You just want people to get to their destiny. You know, maybe they are there, but you want them to get there if they're not. And I started looking at people, and I said, man, you got to get there. And that's what happens when we get in these series. I'm like, well, Palm Sunday. You want to know what I'm thinking? Who cares about palm fronds and Jesus riding on a donkey? I could care less. You know, my dad, like, to me, is like, okay, great. It's nice. Triumphant entry. What does that mean today? So I looked at this story, and I want you to catch some stuff that I felt like we got as a benefit. What was one of the greatest benefits of Palm Sunday is what I want to talk about. What does that mean for me today in a place of victory in Palm Sunday? You know what I'm saying? Because him riding on a donkey ain't going to help me in 2022 to make it. You know what I'm saying? There ain't nobody riding on a donkey. Billy's got a couple. You got a donkey? You want one? I'll get you one. Billy's like, no, I don't even want the goats I got. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's look at Psalm twenty. Let's. I'm sorry. Let's look at Matthew twenty-one. But let me explain to you just before we get there. What happens in in this whole uh, procession up at the Palm Sunday is this. Ash Wednesday is the kickoff of Lent. Some of you know this. You know the other day, all the good Catholics said, Amen. Right. The other day we went to the, we went to we went to. Uh, his track meet was at the Catholic church. And I show up at the concession stand. I want to go get a drink. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, you got Gatorade. It's hot out here. And I went in there and all of a sudden, an observation of Lent, no meat. There's only pizza. I was like, I don't care. I'm not hungry. Just give me something to drink, right? You know, but I was laughing, like, you, you live in this environment. Like, why can't you eat? What are we doing? What's going on? What was the whole thing? So I, let me give you the, 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 the history just real quick. What is Lent? What is all going on? What's Palm Sunday? What's going to happen in Easter? Here's what happens. Ash Wednesday, when, you know, people get a little mark of dirt, they put a little palms from past burnt, and they do it, and they mark themselves, and it's that, and it's a sign of the believer. It's the beginning of Lent. The beginning of Lent goes all the way into Easter Saturday, which will be coming up next week. It carries the 40 days. And what it is an observation of is the 40 days of suffering that Jesus went through. That's why you're subjecting yourself during Lent. That's why you're fasting. That's why you're... You ever hear people say, I gave up something for Lent Well, it's a subjection of the flesh. It's 40 days that Jesus suffered. Remember when he came up out of the River Jordan and he was led into the wilderness and he was tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights? That is the period of Lent. So what the church does in observation is it subjects itself and says, Okay, well, Jesus suffered for 40 days. I can lay something down for 40 days. And you usually give up something for Lent. You usually do. That's what happens with Lent. They say, well, you know, I'm not going to do it. Like, we do our fast in the beginning of the year. That's what Lent's kind of all about. Okay? Does that make sense? And you give up something and and you sacrifice, and you're putting yourself in remembrance of what Jesus has done symbolically for you. Obviously, we cannot do anything near what he did for us, but we try just to, you know, lay it down a little bit. And then we're getting ready to step into Easter. That's why Holy Week is so big next week. That's why we do Good Friday. That's where the, we really, as a congregation, you know, I call it the Super Bowl of Christianity. This is it, man. Easter's coming. You know, everybody goes to church on Easter. And, you know, this is why we invite people because we want them to meet Jesus. And this is why we're in this invite mode because we, we don't want we don't, people, we don't want nobody to perish. You know, hell's real, man. You know, Hell, hell's real. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and um, they were, we were talking, and they said, man, about, and I said, yeah, I said, you got to share your faith with everybody, because you don't know who believes what, and wh- what believes, and you know, and it was, it was I don't remember who it was, they'll tell me who they are, but they were in town, and they said, oh, it was Tony, me and Tony were talking, he said, I seen somebody, I said, yeah, I, pr- I preached to him, <laughs> he's a business guy in town, he's a pretty good guy, he's a really good guy, he's a very, very influential guy. And I said, yeah, I was in his office and cornered him one day in the office. He goes, I'm not real comfortable about this. I said, don't worry, I am. (laughs) He looked at me, he goes, he he was kind of looking at me like, you know who you're talking to? I said, yes, I do. But I said, I got to tell you something you need to hear. It's more important than anything you know. Because you might only hear this once. I told him who Jesus was. These things happen, and when they're happening, when you're doing it, it seems like time stands still. And God gets a moment to grab somebody's heart. But if you don't take the time to tell them, man, if, you know, I had a teacher in school. I don't remember anything that guy said. <laughs> I had him like eight weeks in a row. I don't remember nothing. He wasn't the greatest teacher we've ever had, right? But I remember this statement. He said, how offended are your friends gonna be you worried about offending people by preaching and telling them the truth, maybe making them uncomfortable? He said, how offended would you be? Because we don't like something. I don't want to offend them. You know, people believe this. They have different beliefs, blah, blah, blah. You know, we use these excuses sometimes to be like, I don't want to offend somebody. Well, how offended would you be if you took your first step over into hell and knew all the while your neighbor knew the truth but never told you? offend me anytime you want Amen. as long as you got truth Amen. so all i could do is share you could share you can you could say anything to anybody if you say it right i just i, I, I care about you i want to just tell you the truth you could t- you could t- just give me 5 minutes and you could throw it away but guess what i got to get this off my chest because i like you i care about you so you don't don't hold back your witness cuz your witness is the key to transforming your life is that okay so look so that's what's happening right so we're going to read it and when you read it you're going to see it right so there's so Matthew goes, okay, the, every gospel account, you see this in a So it's the 40 days, and now Jesus is up out of the moment in time, and he's making his triumphal entry, and he's getting ready to step into probably maybe one of the greatest days of his life because he just came out of this place, and they're getting ready to almost really recognize who he is. Now, they're selfish in their desire to worship him because all they know is this guy can get us out of this mess we're in I don't really want to serve him. I just want him to fix my problem. Because I don't even know who he is. They call him the son of David. They call him Jesus. They call him Messiah. They didn't really know who he was. They just seen him as a way out of what they were in. And that's okay because Jesus is the way maker. Amen. He's okay with getting you out and then revealing who he is to you later. He's okay with taking you out of your mess and your madness and then revealing to you who he is later. He's okay with experiencing your relationship early. See, and you can figure out who he is later. He gave you the best the minute you met him. And then you discover what you got for the rest of your life. That's how he is. So he's okay with giving you the best first. But I want you to look at this. So that it says, now as they were approaching Jerusalem, they arrived to the place of their stables near the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead, saying, as soon as you enter the village, you're going to find a donkey tethered along with a young colt. Untie them both and bring them to me. And if anyone stops you and asks, what are you doing? You just tell them the Lord of all needs them, and they will let you take them. Come on, somebody. said, I got this set up. This is prophecy being fulfilled right before their eyes. I don't think they knew it, but Jesus knew it. You know what I always wonder about Jesus? It's kind of a wild thing. He understood the prophecies that were written about him from the beginning. And even knowing what was, he was stepping into before he stepped into it, he still did it. I'll tell you what, man, that's deep. Because if I knew what the future held, there's some roads I would get off. If I knew everything in the future, you want to talk about obedience? He's in that garden going, not my will, because I don't want to drink this cup. Not what I want, glory to God, because I don't want to be a part of this, but not what I want to do, what thou wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do. He's basically saying like this, I don't want to go down this road, but I'll go down that road. If it's, if it's me for them, they're worth it to me. That's the God you serve. Come on, you know what I'm saying? He loves you that much. So look what it says here. I love this, right? And all this happened to fulfill the prophecy. You tell Zion's daughter, look, your king arise. He's coming to you full of gentleness, sitting on a donkey and riding on a donkey's colt. You know, this is like the big stuff when you study this. You know, you're like, oh, but kings didn't ride on a donkey. They came in chariots, and they came in horses, and they came in processionals. No, but Jesus come riding. Jesus is the OG. You know what that means? You know what an OG is? He's the original gangster. He just showed up on a donkey. Rode in with his donkey. Like, yo, I'm here. Here to take the day. You know what I'm saying? Jesus like, if you did it one way, Jesus did it the other way. I said, I am here. <laughs> Riding on a donkey. Nothing, fa- nothing fancy about it. Nothing famous about the moment. Nothing really like, no hoopla in it. Just go get me a donkey and let's go. Put me on a donkey and ride me into Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. Why? Because not, he wasn't trying to be unorthodox to try to be difficult Or different. What he was. Was he was being gentle in his approach. Towards mankind. Because really. If he would have came in another way. He might have been putting something. An air about him. That he didn't want to have. Humble. submissive, Not flashy. Not fancy. Not. 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 Not overboard. Not ostentatious. not, Not like. Oh, he's going to have audacity about the moment. But what? Smooth and gentle. Why? Because that's just how he does it. He was never in the fact of making this grand entrance anywhere because his message needed to speak more in the moment than anything else. So he's teaching all the while. Everything he's doing, he's teaching. Now, sometimes he'd do something wild and, you know, flip everybody out. But he's always teaching in the moment to get you to see what he's really trying to say. He wasn't really doing this stuff just to do it. He was doing it to get you to understand who he really was. He was carrying himself into a moment saying, look, I'm the... They said, he said, coming in full of gentleness. That's why I like the different translation. He came gentle because he is gentle. Even though he's king. So two disciples went on ahead... As Jesus instructed, they brought the donkey and the colt, and they placed the cloaks, of prayer shawls on the colt, and they rode on it. And an exceptionally large crowd gathered and carpeted the road before him with cloaks and prayer shawls. Others cut down branches from the trees, spread in its path. And Jesus rode in the center of the processional crowds going before him, and the crowds coming behind him. And they all shouted, bring the victory, Lord, son of David. They were looking for a king that could bring them victory. He comes with the blessings of being sent from the Lord Yahweh. We celebrate with praise to God in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and the people went wild with excitement. They entered in the city, was thrown into an uproar. And some asked, who is this guy? And the crowd shouted back, this is Jesus. He's the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I sat there, man, I started digging about this. I said, that is so good. But I say, what does that have to do with me today? Because I don't know about you, but that's, that's a beautiful story. It's wonderful. But what are the elements that I could pull out of what this triumphant entry meant for me and you today? I came up with four things. There's probably four million, but these are the four that stuck out to me the most. Number one, what does Palm Sunday mean for me and you? It means this. It was a triumphant entry that led way for my victory. Write that down. We got victory in what he did. Because we were, we, were, we were separated from God. We didn't have victory. But victory now has to be enforced. See, if you're going to triumph in something, if we triumph, that means we won. See, this is what the big thing is with the gospel, and I love this. We, write this down. Just everybody write this down to take notes. We win because he won. Write it down. We win all the time because he won. We're not trying to come at this thing from a place of trying to get it. We already won. We win because he won. He won it all. So we're winners. I, look, man, we, we just went to the, we just went to the, last week we went to, uh, we went, uh, I took the coach and we went over and we went over to the football team and they're all in the weight room, you know, all the young kids in there banging it out, bah, bah, trying to put more weight on it, trying to get big. You think you go in there and go, gentlemen, today we're going to take the field and lose like we've never lost before because we're a bunch of losers. No, man, we're talking these kids up like they're going to win the Super Bowl. The season hasn't even started yet. Why? Because victory's got a voice. Victory's got to walk. Victory's got to talk. Victory's got to swagger about it. Victory's got his head up high. Victory's an attitude, amen? And how many know we win, he won, we won, we win, but is victory in your mouth. is victory in your mind. Say, I am so, I got victory in my mind. Then why are you always walking around with your head down low, garbage coming out your mouth, like you can't do nothing, don't know nothing, this, that, and the other thing. No, victory has a voice. Look what the Bible says. Now, I want you to read these scriptures with me as I read them. Look what the Amplified Classic says, the AMPC Plus. I love it. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Now, you got to pull this in as we read it, okay? Okay? He said when the perishable puts on, he's talking about you. Because you're perishing. The inward man, the spirit man, is renewed day by day. The outward man is perishing. You know what that means? You're getting old. You can fight it all you want. It's getting grayer. Praise God, help me. I know. It ain't growing though. I can't, you know, I don't know what to do. I just told PL, you know, I told PL the other day, bald is beautiful. I just said bold is beautiful. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You know? Who was it the other day said they didn't like, they didn't like, they didn't like, oh your buddy, he said, he ain't where's he? At? He's somewhere around. Yeah, we, said, we were talking about Brother Hagen You should say this. Said, remember this? He said, even an old barn needs some new paint. <laughs> All the ladies will get that later. I said, What do you say? He said, even an old barn needs some new paint. Paint it up. Pull a pull, a, pull a something on there. I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah man, you, you can't. I can get in trouble, but I got the mic. I can't get in trouble. Come on, look what it says here. And when perishable puts on imperishable, what he's saying? He said you perish but you're going to put on immortality. You know what I'm saying? So he saying, when you when you step over in the glory, you're going to understand this because you're going to understand there ain't no there ain't no death in the grave. So everybody when everybody leaves. It's, it hurts the heart. When we, I, you know, I don't like that. I don't I don't preach like that. You know, I'm I am i am a little bit different. You know, like everybody's like, well, they're in a better place. I was like, shut up. I don't like that talk. The best place for you to be is with me. <laughs> I don't want you to be gone. That's <laughs> true. I don't care. You see, that's selfish. Good, I'm selfish. Yeah, I don't want you people leaving me. So don't, don't you plan on leaving early? I like you. Jesus have eternity with you. I just only get you for a little bit of time. Stay with me. That's not when, of, when somebody leaves. I, I'm like, oh, they're in a better place. not the best place is for them to here to be with me. You know what I tell God? I, Brother Hagin messed me up. He said, they can't go. I tell that about the people. They're not allowed to go. I need them. To heaven? Yeah, I'll keep you out. Just for a little bit of time. You're going to go eventually. Relax, calm down. My faith's going to keep you here. You think I'm kidding? Some of you still breathing because my faith will keep you here. Because I ain't letting you go yet. (laughs) God told me that. He said, you know what? He said, if they'll listen to what you say, I'll keep them. Otherwise, they got to go. That'll scare you. That's when you buckle a little bit like, man, I don't want to say nothing wrong. And you understand what I'm saying. Your faith. You can go. But he's saying, everybody's perishing. Everybody is. says so, so, this. So. Now read this slow. Any and this is that which was capable of dying puts on freedom from death. That's me and you. We're gonna be free from death because we we'll be have more. We're gonna be. We're gonna have what? We're gonna be living forever with Jesus. The scripture shall be fulfilled, but says death is swallowed up utterly, vanquished forever, in and unto victory. Well, we got victory. Look at the next one. You all read this. Oh, death. He said, where is your sting? But where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? You ain't got no sting. Why is that? Keep going. Now sin is the sting of death. And sin used to be able to exercise its power upon the soul through the abuse of the law. But no more. Because we're free. Come on, somebody. But thanks. 7, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a conqueror? Look at your neighbor and say, are you a conqueror? Look at your neighbor and say, are you a conqueror? Look at your neighbor and say, you a conqueror? Come on, man. Are you a conqueror or what? conquer. Man, I like that. I'm a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror, the Bible said. Amen? Because greater is He. Now, are you conquering in your own ability? No. Are you conquering in your own faith? No. I got God living in me. You got God living in you. You're more than a conqueror when you face life. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, somebody. Amen? Now, look right here. Write this scripture down. Write this. 1 John 5 4 for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? That means, are you born again? You got Jesus in your heart? Are you a Christian? If you a Christian, if you a Christian, the Bible says what? Greater is he that's in you because he's in you. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the what? Victory, how'd you get that overcome the world? My faith, glory to God. Look at your neighbor and say, your faith gave you victory. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, your faith gave you victory. Your faith gave you your victory. Hold on to your faith, amen? But victory's got to walk, victory's got to talk, victory's got to way. victory's got to swagger. You know what I mean by swagger? Like, you don't walk like, you know, the kids were playing the one day. And, you know, I always got these kid stories. I got these kids all around. I love them, you know. And they, they, We lost. And the one coach, you don't know who he is. He's all down. He's like, bah, 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 bah. And if you coach, don't act like a baby. All you coaches don't act like babies when you lose. Teach these guys how to be winners. I need to coach. they like, Man, that little joker of mine put his head down. I said, shut your mouth. Put your head up high. Pop your chest up and look like a champ. He looked at me like, the three of them looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, you don't ever act like that. And if you got that much energy like he's got screaming on the sideline, you didn't leave it on the field, bro. So leave it on the field. You got that much energy after the game. Coach like you the best. I'm not picking on the coaches. I, coaches do everything they can. But you know what I'm saying? It's too late, bro, after the game's over. Put that much energy into plays. You put that much energy in the field. And don't you ever put your head down like you're lost. We didn't lose nothing. There's another game to play. We'll be back and better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Don't put your head down around me. Pick your up. You go on the road with me, you better act right, talk right. Pick your head up. You're a champion. We lost. I don't care. Nobody knows if we don't tell them. Pick your head up. Look right. Tuck your shirt and be ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Come on. How are you supposed to? Come on. You see what I'm saying? Victory's got an attitude. Oh, nothing good ever happens to me. Yeah, and it's not gonna Cause you gotta have faith in your mouth. God can't do what you don't let Him do with the words of your mouth. You gotta put the right. Oh, you know what I do sometimes? Just talk big, even though it ain't gonna work. This cannot work. I don't care. I'm talking big. You gotta talk big. You know what I'm saying? Well, what do you mean it can't, it can't can't work? There's some things you know the minute you go in, you couldn't you couldn't get this thing to work out right if you tried because you got people involved and they're nuts. You know, and you try to say, go left. They go right, upside down. You say, go over there. They do the opposite of everything. You tell them they do the opposite of. And you're like, praise God. How's it going to be? Praise the Lord. Everything's going to work out all right. How in the heaven could you say that? Easy, because somebody's got to have faith in this room, because ain't nobody else got it. <laughs> Jesus went in the room. He said, oh, no, no, she's not dead. She's sleeping. They're like, ha, 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 Jesus. Ha, 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 she's dead. Ha, Jesus said, get out the room. Get out the room, and if you clowns are going to act like these clowns, you get out too. And he said, "Hey, get up." She pooped, popped up. How do you do that? Faith. You gotta get the unbelief away from you. You gotta get the unbelievers away. You gotta get the people that don't wanna win away. If you can't talk victory around me, I'm changing my room. Hey man, I'm changing my atmosphere. You can't talk positive around me, get new friends. You can't talk like you win it, move out the room. Somebody gonna talk doubt and unbelief? I mean, I'm so programmed. The other day somebody said something, they didn't know. They said, oh, I said, oh, say hey, don't say that. I was with the kids, I said, don't say that. They're like, okay, okay. <laughs> don't talk like that around me, bro. You can't talk like that around me. Why? Because you don't know, no, nobody's a guide to anybody anymore. Who can I? Come on, be that person. They ain't got to be rude, but are you talking victory? Come on, point number two was this He triumphed. Write it down. Now, that's, isn't that victory? No. Triumphing is, c- comes and stems from enforcing the victory. Just because you got victory doesn't mean you're triumphing in it. You got to enforce it. I'm, you know who I am? You know what I'm saying? Now look, I ain't talking. Do I know who I am? She said, "I got to pose for her every once in a while." So I'll, I'll do my husband. I'm kidding. She said, "You got you move too quick, fast. Triumphing is what I have victory, and now I'm enforcing it. It ain't my victory. It was his victory, and he gave me what ability to use it. Use it. Use it. You tell the enemy stop. He got to stop. It ain't because of what I did. It's because of what he did." understand that? Triumph. He always causes you to what? Triumph. Glory to God. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Then we're going to go to the Colossians in a minute, right? Now, thanks be unto God, which what? Always causes us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. Ain't that victory? He causes me to what? Triumph. I like that word. I'm triumphant. Come on, what's that mean? That means you tell, now watch it. Are you triumphing? Now so? Well, praise God. Are you triumphing in your mind? Everybody's got a battle in mind. But are you winning the battle there? Use the tools. Are you triumphing in, in, in your internal? Positive, negative? Whatever's going on? Use the tools. Are you triumphing in, in, in your speech? Use the tools. Are you triumphing in life? Use the tools, because you got to realize something. You have to enforce victory. Mm. Victory that is not enforced is not discovered. Just because you got it, the enemy will make deceive you out of it, and now you'll think like normal people, and you're not. You're supernatural being. Victory, you have to enforce it. Can't go there. A police officer. You ever see a police officer? God bless our police officers. Right. The other day, the police officer came here. He's a nice guy. He's looking at stuff, and I said, "Hey." I'm thinking about these guys when I see them. They have delegated authority. You know what? Okay, all law enforcement has a delegated authority. If you put a police officer out in the middle of the street and he goes out there with a stop sign, can he physically stop a car? Not really. Not a physically. But does he what? He has authority to stop all traffic. Right? And if you're, if, you're a, if you're a police officer in Daytona Beach, you have the authority of Daytona Beach. The higher you go up, if you're CIA, you got the government behind you. you got federal law. you got everything going on in the world. How did that happen? Jurisdiction of power. Based upon what? The authority you've been given for who you are. Come on, you see that? You came from heaven. I didn't know this. It's the truth. He gave you, look what he said here. Jesus did this in Colossians 2.15. He said, look. He said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, or took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. He took it out of the way. So there's nothing against you anymore. You're free. Look what 15 says. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made us, you know what those are? Every force that's coming against you. Principalities and powers are not natural forces, they're spiritual forces that are coming against you. Wrong ideas, illnesses, problems, pressures, cares, concerns, worries. Anxieties. You know, the enemy doesn't come running down the street like, hey, I'm the devil, I'm here to harass you with a red suit on with horns on his head. Come on. He comes through anxiety, worries, fears, frets, don't know what I'm gonna do, pressure, financial pressure, married pressure, kid pressure, family pressure, life pressure, 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 pressure. He don't come running around saying, Oh, it's me. Guess what? God gave you victory. And making a show of him openly. What did he do? Pop that up there. Let him see it. He what? He stripped him of the power. You want to see it? Put that script. Put 215 up there. Let him see it. You got to see this day Stripping him of what? All power. How did he do that? With his authority. His power in Christ. Look at it. And having spoiled. You can say all principalities. Because he did powers and made it show them opening triumphing over them in it that's you that's what he gave you he gave you victory he gave you triumph he gave you the authority he gave you his power he gave how did he do that he gave you his name in the name of Jesus, I got victory. In the name of Jesus, I got the power. In the name of Jesus, I got supernatural growth. In the name of Jesus, I can do all things through Christ, through strength. In the name of Jesus, come on, get that name coming out of your mouth. Get that ability coming out of your mouth and get that victory coming out of your mouth. Look at this. The next thing he gave me, he gave me peace. This was all about peace. Amen? Did you get that? He gave you peace. He gave me triumph. He gave me vi- first he gave me victory. Then he gave me the triumph. I'm the triumphant church. He gave me peace. How many of you need some peace? Right? Ain't peace nice? Man. How many but here's the thing. You cannot exchange the promises of God for peace. You still gotta keep pushing. Peace is not the absence of the storm. Peace is the ability to find strength in the middle of it. Remember Jesus? He's sleeping at night, just chilling. They going over, water coming over the side. Hey, we're going to the other side, guys. Boat ride, yay. He's knocking out some Z's on the pillow, and water starts coming over the side. How many know when you're in the middle of the ocean, really out there, you don't want water anywhere but beneath you? (laughs) You've been out there, you can't see land? Any of you ever go out there real far? You yeah, there so far? some you been on a cruise or something? You so far out you don't even know where you are. You know what I mean? You get up day and night. You still in the sea? How many of you know? It ain't cool. How many of you watch Titanic? When that, so imagine the Titanic's going on, and he's like, "Hey, can you imagine water just spilling in?" He's like, "Hey, Jesus wakes up. Jesus, don't you care we perish?" Hey, chill out. Everything's all right. It don't look all right. You know what I'm saying? It don't look good at all. He said, "Peace, be still." I've been like, peace, we got a problem. <laughs> How you would have been, peace, be still? I was like, peace, Jesus, you better get with the picture. <laughs> right? Jesus, you better open your eyes. You ain't seeing right, bro. Jesus, are you like, you got amnesia? What do you mean, it's okay? Peace, be still. How are you going to say peace, be still in the middle of this madness? Because you realize your peace doesn't come from the absence of problems. Your peace comes from. From the God you serve. And he gives you peace in the midst of your problems. Now I'm going to say something here. You ain't going to like it a lot of you. But it's okay. Because it's going to help you. Because I don't say that in a mean way. Some of you have quit on the promises of God. Because you'd rather hang on the peace. Than have that promise that God wants to give you. Because you know. The minute you step out on that promise. Peace is the last thing you're going to find. And I said this in the morning. Guys will do this all the time. You will give up a place of authority in your home because you want to keep peace in that thing. Don't do it. They don't want to come in an environment and create authority. So what they do is they relinquish. As a man, you can't do this. You cannot relinquish authority in your home for the sake of peace. Because you guys are so tired, you don't even want no more stuff going on. So instead of going in there and confronting what needs to be confronted, and sometimes, ladies, you need to just sit there and just chill a little bit and go, okay, where do you want the direction to go? Because he don't need to fight from you about where he feels like it needs to go. So just kind of sometimes understand where he's coming from. So what happens with a lot of guys is they come into an environment, and for the sake of trying to keep peace, you lose your authority in the home. It's really good. So what you got to do? Because See, guys Guys just want peace. They don't care about nothing. Ladies, let me tell you what. All the single ladies, I should come, to, I should come talk to the ladies. And all the single ladies, I should have a class with you. And you'll you, I'll help you. Because you don't understand how to set an atmosphere. Most women do not know how to set an atmosphere for a man to enter in. I'm ready for tomorrow. I'm already there. So just stay with me. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, prove it biblically. I can. You can find them all through the Bible. They're everywhere. I i used to, to tell—I used to get her Go soak in oil for a while. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You, you every woman has an aroma. So do guys. Some of you stink. But I didn't even, I, don't, I didn't even get in the room yet. We could smell you from afar. No, it's true. It's men too. I'm not being rude. It's guys. You go in an atmosphere, right? You treat your wife like God knows what. The lady sitting there, she's like, I'm not following you around the block, let alone I'm going to follow you into my future. Are you kidding me? You talk to me like you like, uh, no. These are important principles we're going to learn. You guys are good, but this is what I'm saying. like I don't know how we got on that, but however we made a zigzag, you see that? You cannot, because here's what happens is, promise or peace. You're going to bump this, man. You know what it's going to take if I go after this promise for my peace level, it's going to be out the window. So you know what I do? I don't need it. Yeah. And you relinquish the promise cuz I just don't want nothing else going on. I just want calm. Look, you know what, business guys? You're not thinking big enough. You want to know what you do? Throw a project on your back you can't handle. See cuz you're comfortable when you get too comfortable, you stop becoming creative. Business guys and women, you stop making money. Because just leave everything alone. No, go start a project so big it keeps you up for a little bit. And then you'll start leaning on God because I'm doing a lot of stuff on my own strength. That, take that in part. You know what I'm saying, man. You got to start. You got to start. Otherwise, what do you do? All those do. You do. Boom! Go, go get your faith to get you in trouble. Just catch me. You're catching me. You know, you know. Should my faith, get me in trouble. You understand what I'm saying? Go, let your faith get you in trouble. Go, dream so big that you get a little nervous about where God's taking you in your mind. You know what I said yesterday? I hope I can get that thing I said this morning. God will help me. Thank you, Lord. In the place of your imagination, you live your life on credit. I so good. Just so still. Just stay still. You'll get it. In my imagination, I create a world in my mind that I'm not in yet physically. So in my mind, in my imagination, I live my life on credit for a moment. While God is materializing what I have already conceived internally and my life is catching up into, I'm seeing it today and I'm stepping in it tomorrow. So right now in my imagination, I'm living on credit because I'm going someplace I'm not at physically right now, but eventually I'm going to step right into it. That right there will change a life because you ain't never going to get to another place in life until you get there in your mind first. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you create the place in your mind, in your imagination, and then you grow into your new identity you found within yourself. You see it? You get on the ride home. Did you get what I said? You create it. Because everybody you and I know is living in their memory. And that's done. You can never live another moment of your life living where you were. You can't. It's gone. You can only, and most people just live in memory. They never really tap into imagination and go to this new creative place. Because God, I'm going to say something. You want to know what? You're not going to like it, but it's true. God doesn't live in your memories. He don't even remember them. He goes back to memorials, but he doesn't go back to moments. Go, believe me rocks over here in the middle of the river so you can remember who I was. Leave me a memorial. Try to go back and tell him who you are. He says, I don't even know what you're talking about. They come and try to talk to him about stuff. It's like, hey, he goes, who? he goes, no, I just see you in your forward life. I say, they try to even tell him, you remember what I did? Why do you think he looks like he had amnesia when Peter showed up on the seashore and tried to remind him of his failure? He can't do nothing but talk to him about his future. Hey, hey, oh, my God, It's me. It's me. Lord, it's me. Great. Peter, you love me? Aren't you going to say something about what I did? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Let's just get to your future. Go feed my lambs. Because that's what I called you to do and be. John the Baptist showed up. Remember, he got in prison, flipped out. Are you Christ? He's he's (laughs) whacked. He's whacking out, man. He don't even know he's God. You're the one who told me he was God. Now you don't know he's God? Wouldn't you have gotten mad? I would have punched him. I've been following you, following Jesus. You told me he's Christ. Remember at the river? He popped out of the river. You're the guy, oh, the dove came down, touched him in the head. He's the Christ. He's the son of God. He's the only begotten. You knew all that stuff then. Now you got pressure. You don't know who he is? This nitwit's got the nerve. Did he just call John the Baptist a nitwit? Yeah, when I get to heaven, we can go at it if he wants. I'm okay with it. What, are you kidding me? Even if I believed it, I would have never said it. Oh, oh, go ask Jesus. Hey, do me a favor. Do me a favor. You two guys, go and ask Jesus if he's the Christ. I would have been like, bro, you're slipping hard. You don't know he's God? You're the one who told us he was God. Go and ask him if he is. You know what Jesus told him? He said, go, you go back and you tell him, what did you see and what did you hear? And then he's got the platform of the people. You heard me say this a hundred times. And instead of saying, look at the guy that missed it. Jesus stands up and quotes the book of Isaiah and says, what did you come to see, a reed shaken in the wind? He said, no. He said, you didn't come to see nobody better. That's the best prophet walking the face of the earth. He never reminded him of his flaw here, his flaw, or his problem. He just told him who he was within the word. So how you tell me he goes to, he don't go to none. He don't even go there. He, he, he don't even really been there. You know what, you, you want to know the only thing that really Jesus corrected? Try to look through the whole Bible and find it. Religion. David David's commit adultery and killing people. And he's like, clean up your act, bro. He didn't go nuts. Religion, he went off the wall. It's not a license to sin, but you see what I'm saying? He didn't go back and hammer him. He said, what? He said, get you straight, get it straight. Go and see. Kids, it's the woman in the middle of adultery. They got rocks in here. Stunted death. he goes, hey, you're the one who can throw the first rock, chuck it. Anybody here? They all leave. He goes, go and sin no more. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's cool. Live into your future, live into what I made you, live into who I made you to be, stop seeing yourself the way you are, and what? On your way? Go. And don't do it again. See what I'm saying? This is the guy you So, what, am I, what, what, what does that have to do? What does it have to do with this? Peace? You got to realize this. Sometimes in life, if you start going after promises, the last thing you're going to find is peace. Because everybody's waiting, like, I just want peace. Because, you know, no, in the midst of faith, in the midst of faith, all you're going to find is a storm. That's all you find. And when faith is finished, peace will follow. I don't know who in the heaven ever told you, follow peace, you know you're following God. That is the biggest bump I've ever heard in my life. Every project I ever gotten, my knees are rattling. Peace? I need therapy. Peace? You kidding me? There ain't no peace in this. I'm staying up. I'd stay up at night if I didn't know God. You know what I'm saying? Stop this thing. Peace is what? It's not the absence of problems. It's not the absence of pressure. It's not the absence of struggles. It's not the absence of pain. It's what? In the middle of it, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not moving. There's a whirlwind. Big deal. It's like standing in the middle of a hurricane going, Nah, 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 nah. I'm not going to move. That's what you're doing in life. I'm not moving. Last one. You ready for it? He promised you eternal life. Woo. He promised you eternal life. Look at this one. You ready for this one? He promised you eternal life. Look at Romans 6, 22 and 23. And the passion. It reads great. It's awesome. And you're going to love it. Amen. You're going to love it. He promised me what? Eternal life. Eternal life. I don't care, man, you got eternal life. What's life gonna throw at you as long as I know I'm spending eternity with God? So I got victory, right? I got triumph, I got peace, and how about this one? But now, as God's loving servant, you live in joyous freedom from the power of sin. Now, you gotta, when I read these two scriptures to you, just, just absorb them, okay? Believe what they say about you. So, but now, as God's loving servants, you live in joyous freedom from the power of sin. Ain't that good? Now, you say, I'm struggling. Now, listen to me. Everybody struggling in this room, look at me. You're struggling only in your mind. You understand that? You understand what I just said? You got to struggle, you're struggling in your mind. You got to shut it down in your mind, and then we can shut it down in your life. So it's like, well, I'm, I'm doing stuff I don't want to be doing. You don't have to do that. You got to shut it down in your mind, and your body will catch up. I work with you. I got up all day. I got years of this, man. Don't worry about it. But I'm helping you. Don't think something's got the power over me. Ain't nothing got the power over you. You got the power over it. And we're going to go slow. And if some of you got to do some stuff to help you get there, you do whatever you got to do to help you get there. I don't care about that. But read the Bible. God's loving servant. You live in joyous freedom. And What? from the power of sin. So consider the benefits you now enjoy. You are brought into a deeper experience of true holiness that ends with eternal life. That's what he said for you. Look at the next verse. We'll go back. Look at today. For sin's meager wages is death, but God's lavish gift is life eternal, found in your union with our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Woo! You like that? I got to give you this other scripture too. It was Romans... What did I put Romans in? Was it the Passion? Five, one, and two? Was it Passion? You got to read this. You ever go look at a diamond? You ever go look at diamonds? I, I, some of you know what I'm talking about, right? I went in there. I said, how, how come that one's, how come that one's, how come that one's a lot of money? And how come that one over there ain't? Right? I said, how come that, he said, oh, it, it's messed up, you know, cut, clarity, color. You know what I mean? So I said, what do you see? He said, here. So I picked it up. He put the, I put that little loopy thing. I was like, oh, there's, there's a little, little specks in this one. He said, yeah, those are flaws. And the more flaws a diamond has, the less expensive it is. I, was, oh. I said, but what's that? He said, oh, that's color. Some of them are a little cloudier, and some of them are a little clearer, and some of them are a little this. And I said, how come that one's 10 grand? That one right there is, it's got a better cut, clarity, color. It's more expensive because it looks like the same rock to me until you get under the loop. And you start seeing stuff. Start seeing all the imperfections. And people in the earth think like that because if it's imperfect or if it has imperfections, it's not as valuable. So my life has a lot of imperfections. So I'm just like that diamond. I'm not as valuable as a diamond that has less flaws. But see, here's the key with this. The value of a diamond is placed in a place like in the earth. But the value that you cost is placed on the person that purchased you back. So you ain't no rock in a ring or a chain or this or that. You're different. You were purchased for the price of exchange. I'll give my son for you. So your value is not determined by your flaws. Your value has been determined by the recipient that purchased you back. And he saw you so wonderful and special and supernatural, he gave his son for you. Look what it says in this scripture right here. Our faith in Jesus transferred God's righteousness to us And now he declares us flawless in his eyes. So God doesn't see you with your flaws. Only you know about your flaws. God just sees you flawless. So when he picks up the loop, he don't see no imperfections. Because he ain't looking through your eyes. He's looking through his. And he's not looking at you. This is God's answer. You don't have to receive it. But this is how God sees you. He doesn't look at you based upon how you look at you our faith is transferred our faith in jesus does what transfers god's righteousness to us and now that we have our righteousness transferred from what jesus has done and have right standing with god he now declares me flawless because he don't see me he sees Jesus in me, and as far as he's concerned, him and Jesus are done. Now watch this, though. Watch this, though. But oneness means, watch this. You ain't never heard of this day in your life. It's good for you. He don't just see Jesus. He sees me. And me and him are one. So he sees the real me and still calls me flawless. He sees the real. This ain't Jesus. No, let me tell you right here now. Everybody tell you, well, Jesus lives in you. That's what makes you special. No, you live in you. That's what makes you special. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? You live in you. That's what makes you special. What Jesus did for you makes Jesus special. But you're special in God's eyes because he don't see you through your eyes, he through you sees you through his eyes, and he sees you flawless. Look what it says here. Now, in declaring us flawless, in us. this means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Can I get an amen and a hand clap? Because he's a good God. You serve a great God. Stop looking at your flaws. And I'm going to tell you something stand up on your feet, because this is true. Everybody could point out your flaws, can't they? oh my god oh my god are people not supernatural at flaw picking out can't they can't some of them my god somebody everybody just look straight ahead okay (laughs) before you get an elbow yeah get it out but ain't that true everybody wants to point out your flaws oh you know this that and the other thing no 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 next time you start thinking even those kind of thoughts just know this man I'm flawless in his sight but ain't people funny ain't they funny with that well, You know, you, you, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to forgive and you need to do be, 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 be. now. I know why Jesus said, Take the stinking plank out of your eye, yeah. You plank eye, you know what I'm saying? Ain't people good at that? Let me tell you what's wrong with you. Don't you want to smack them in the head with a four, with a two by four? You know what I'm saying? Like a yeah, four by four, even better. Get on a four by four and say, Hey, why don't you pull this out of your eye before you start looking at the specks in my eye? You know what I'm saying? Don't let nobody label you in stuff you don't need to be labeled in. Because you're flawless. That's how God sees you. Ain't that good? That's good stuff, ain't it? God's a good God. He's so faithful, ain't he? Oh, he's so faithful, ain't he? Ain't he faithful? Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Thank the Lord. Just say this out loud. Say, Jesus, let me see me the way you see me. And let me walk in this newness of understanding how good you are and have been to me in Jesus name i pray amen pastor pastor is going to you know.
0: just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a minute you know pastor chris was referenced that woman who was caught in adultery and how when she was caught the pr- the practice in that time was that they would be stoned to death and If you go back and read in the book of Leviticus when that practice started, the person who observed the wrong was the person who deserved to throw the first stone. The person who caught the person, if you will, was the person who could throw the first stone. And Jesus, when he saw that woman who was caught, who was observed, he basically said, I'm here. And now I'm going to set a new plan in place that, yeah, it used to be that if you observed this, you could throw a stone. But now the new thing's going to be if you haven't sinned, because I'm here and I've absorbed every wrong. And I was sitting back there and I was thinking that there are some of you in this room today that there's a lot of rocks that are being thrown at you in your mind. There's rocks that are being thrown by the enemy telling you that you're not good enough, telling you that, you, you that you're not worthy, that you're flawed, all of those things. But I want you to know right now that we serve a God who gave his life for us, that as Pastor Chris said, looks at you and sees you flawless. And maybe you've never accepted him. Maybe you've never received him. Maybe you've never asked him into your life to be your Lord and your Savior. But I think more than that, there are people in this room today who you've received him before, but you've walked away from what you knew. But even what you knew in the beginning is still applies today. And there's nothing that you can do or could have done that will separate you from his love. And so right now, he's standing here saying, I know that there's been a lot of rocks thrown at you. I know that the enemy gets in your head and tells you how flawed you are and how, but right now I just wanna give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I wanna make you the Lord of my life. You can forgive my sins right now. You are the only one that could throw a rock at me by your new standard and you didn't. You looked at me and you loved me and all you say is go and sin no more. And if that's you this morning, whether you're in this room right now or whether you're watching online and you say, you know what, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Or maybe you say, I want to make him the Lord of my life again. Could you just raise your hand as high as you can? No one's looking around. Just raise your hand and say, that's me today. There's hands going up all over this building. It's the best thing that you could do. And I'd like for everyone in this place right now to just repeat after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe you gave your life for me. So right now, I choose to give my life to you. I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and be my savior from this day forward. Thank you for making me flawless in your sight. Today and every day from here on out, in Jesus name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on and rejoice for a minute. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.